0: nine years old I had just moved schools and cities as well. I registered for the school talent quest soon after starting at my new school and I asked my mum who at the time was an aerobics instructor because this was 1995 to help me with my performance. It was a choreographed step routine to the song Moving On Up by M People. Again this was 1995. I remember being excited to perform, learning the routine. I remember mum was eager to help and support me. I remember that I was certain of myself and I definitely remember that I came second place and I was proud, but it's only recently that I've started to think about this 26 year old memory in a really different way, a new way, because now I'm remembering what didn't happen rather than what did. So for instance, I don't remember even for one moment whilst I prepared for this or performed feeling worried about, or even thinking about what I looked like. I don't even remember what I wore. And to be honest, I actually really wish there was a photo because I'd love to see this time in my life. I don't remember that I felt inadequate. I didn't doubt my worthiness and I didn't compare what I looked like to other people competing. I had a self-assurance that what I was doing was unique. It was something I enjoyed. I had fun and that was it. There was nothing else to the story. So now to think of my nine-year-old self standing on that stage in front of hundreds of eyeballs and having no body shame, owning that moment makes me really proud and actually inspires me. My younger self inspires me because can you imagine a world with that type of energy? I really don't think there is a fiercer force on this whole planet than a woman who knows and celebrates her own magic. And that's why in this episode, we'll be exploring building better body image. Because the way that we view our bodies is at the core of so much pain. It stops us living. It's a type of pain that stops us taking up space and even looking after ourselves. So I intend for this episode to be a call to action for you. First up, what is body image? You know, I hear it all the time that we tend to view or we tend to speak about body image in the way that we think we look. So therefore, it's about what we look like. Now, that's Perception. That's a perception that we have of our appearance. And yes, that is part of body image, but it's not the full picture. Body image could be best thought of as the relationship we have with our body. So living in it, feeling it, experiencing it, and using it. And the description of a relationship here is really specific because like all relationships, they're dynamic, they're not fixed. And that's why if you think of your experience living in your body, it can change even in one day, whether positive or otherwise, we don't just stay at one point. Uh, And I will come back to that. But the way that we experience this relationship with and in our bodies is actually in four areas. It's our thoughts, our feelings, our perceptions, and our behaviors. And you'll notice everything I just said, not one part of body image is actually about the size, shape, color, or ability of your body. So in other words, having a tough day with your body image or a good one actually has nothing to do with the size of your body. It's only to do with your thoughts, feelings, perceptions, and behaviors. And that's why despite the anti-fat bias and, you know, assumption that thin is always best and therefore the solver of all problems, body dissatisfaction and negative body image can and does exist in all body sizes. I see this with my clients poor body image is not dependent on your body size and nor is positive body image. That's such a great thing because it literally means we can change how we feel about and view our bodies without changing them. We can feel how we desire in our bodies without shrinking them, without changing them, which is really quite different to the capitalist, patriarchal, and white supremacist version of dealing with body dissatisfaction, which is body fixing. So without body fixing, what do we have? What do we do? All right, let's address what body image work or body image healing is, which is something I directly support for my clients. So body image healing is connecting to your body, knowing it from the inside rather than being focused on its appearance. It's also unlinking. I'm literally unlinking with my fingers right now. The idea of appearance as your worth. It allows deeper pain that we hold about our bodies to be felt, to be processed. And most critically, body image healing is not a place or a destination that we're trying to get to. Body image healing is actually an ongoing process for life. And it's important to address here that no one, no one has 100% positive body image. It's an unrealistic expectation and it's not our aim. So instead, what, what does happen with working on our body image is we shift into a different place and we start to hold new narratives. So having positive body image expresses itself in a variety of ways. And it's not just about liking what we look like. That is part of it. Positive body image is also caring for your body, appreciating your body, having an inner positivity amongst other things. And I would offer that it's also knowing, really knowing Our appearance is not our worth. So we may not like, for instance, what we look like in a photo, and we can separate our worth from that. So we can feel the feeling and we can move beyond it more promptly than in the past with less knocks to the day. It doesn't get so deep. It doesn't get so dark. So working on our body image allows us to build and have skills that allow us to better cope and really to build resilience So to reiterate, body image is the way we experience the body that we have. Body image work or body image healing is exploring and unpacking our story, building the skills and resilience to cope better. And a positive body image has a variety of expressions and it doesn't equal an absence of negative experiences. So whatever the point you're at with your body image and how you view yourself, there's some valuable points to consider and reflect on no matter where you're at. So I'm going to share five of these with you now. So if you are driving or walking and unable to write, just maybe ponder them, consider them in your mind, and you can just come back to them when you're able to write reflections down on paper. There's a lot of power in pen or pencil to paper. So the first reflection here is what is your earliest memory of noticing your body? Was it something about how it felt to exist in it? what, what it was like to use it. You know, maybe you remember climbing a tree. Maybe you remember playing with your siblings, your cousins, dancing to music, laughing really hard and feeling the vibrations. Maybe you remember holding your breath underwater. I definitely remember that playing sport, swimming. Maybe you were really intrigued or curious or playful with part of your, a part of your body. So what is your earliest memory of noticing your body? The second prompt here is what is your own story? What is your own story and narrative about your body? What do you feel about your body? How do you speak about your body? And how early did that really begin? So if you consider nine-year-old me doing this choreograph step class, I had not yet learned any narrative about my body being a so-called problem to fix. First of all, how glorious is that? So when did you learn about the so-called flaws of your body and how did you go from the first prompt of enjoying it or noticing it to criticizing it? Because I'm guessing that's probably where you're at. What was the story you were told and what do you hold now as your body image story? The third prompt is what structures are reinforcing this story for you? So what's really kind of critical to clarify We are taught to dislike our bodies and to not feel at home in them. That is taught to us. And it's taught by large, really large macro influences like capitalism, like white supremacy, like the patriarchy, but also micro influences like our school, our family, our friends, and of course, the media that we consume every single day. You know, I was recently reminded of some of the norms of my generation when it comes to reinforcing body stories. So I was born in the eighties and in 2001, when the original Bridget Jones diary film came out, I was 16 and this film represented a woman who was apparently a hot mess. It's a great film, by the way, who couldn't compete with her thinner competitors for romance because aren't women always in appearance based competition for men? Disgusting. I can't stand that. And also, this was a woman, this was a a character who couldn't control herself around food. The the story that we were shown was that she had let herself go. I hate that statement. And the actress who played Bridget Jones was Renee Zellweger. And so all I remember at the time, at 16, was people talking about how she had gained so much weight to play this role, how awful she looked. There was so much conversation about the character and about her as an actress. Wow. Wow. So think about what are your influences. In episode three, I explored the concept of self-objectification and how women are socialized to think about and treat themselves as objects. So what structures reinforce the body image story that you have? Are they more macro or micro? Uh, and how opted in are you to them? So there's a, there's kind of something that we need to, to explore here. Really, it's about anger and it's about opting out. That's how I see it. You know, rich white men profit off the body insecurities that we have. And they also perpetuate those insecurities. Because again, there's no fiercer force on this planet than a woman who knows and celebrates her own magic. But equally, there's also no less financially attractive person to the patriarchy because you don't need the shit they're selling. So the more that you see the narrow beauty ideals sold to us by these structures and how these ideals are created by men for their own financial and powerful benefit, the more anger you may feel because I know I do. Also, the more you see and acknowledge how much pain you have around your body and what that has robbed you of, the experiences that you've lost out on, how poorly you've you've seen yourself and maybe talked about yourself, very likely the angrier you will become. And I say, welcome that anger. That anger is going to be really protective against the influence of bullshit beauty ideals that are made up, as is opting out of those ideals because they never helped us in any meaningful way. And actually, the other aspect that you can kind of look at here is supporting the positive body image of those around you. Now, these are radical and powerful acts of feminism that contribute directly to dismantling the patriarchy. Less money, less less engaging. And that also means we keep more of our money. We do more. We be more. We're more powerful. And we're more focused on what we uniquely need and want. Now, speaking from personal experience, the work that I do in supporting others and their body image has had a really clear, profoundly clear positive influence on my own body image resilience. So I had done a lot of work before I got to this point, but it's phenomenal how inspiring it is to build others' body image. And the other part for me that's been really powerful is is intentionally reviewing a lot of the practices that I engaged in that were about beauty ideals. So specifically for me, there's two things that stand out. It's Botox injections or anti-wrinkle injections that I've stopped having and not rushing to dye the gray hairs that I have. Now, I see this as using my privilege to opt out because my privilege means that me opting out of anti-wrinkle injections and dyeing my hair doesn't really cost me much. Actually, I would offer that in my particular personal circumstance, not doing these things costs me nothing. In fact, I have now more money. (laughs) But this is not the case for all women. So there are women who have less access to say employment opportunities, healthcare, or even being treated like a human based on fitting in or not with beauty ideals. So they have far more to lose. And therefore I have less to lose for pushing back and opting out because we all support this system. And that's just one way I want to use my privilege. So if all of this, if this opting out is not for you, or maybe not yet, I've got zero judgment. That's okay. Body autonomy and and your call all the damn way. So in that third prompt, what you're looking at is what are the structures for you that are reinforcing your body image story? How committed are you to them? Now, the fourth prompt, please close your eyes. Please don't if you're driving. Absolutely do not. Take a really deep breath in through your nose and an even deeper breath out through your nose. And just consider what it looks like for you to have a more peaceful relationship with your body. How do you move through your day? How do you show up for yourself and maybe for others? What do you say yes to? What might you have more time and money for? What is life for you like without a fixation on needing to so-called fix your body and instead knowing your body is worthy always? Through change, through age, through injury, through illness, through all of it. What is it like? We know that body image is modifiable over time, but with patient and consistent practice, not just because we want it to get better, we have to show up. And I really hope that that's a relief for you. You are resilient. You are capable pretty much of healing most things in yourself, but we do need the right insights And we need the right tools. So the fifth prompt, the final prompt, what resources can you begin or continue to access to move beyond these stories that you have that are holding you back, that are hurting you? Are there books that you're reading and you've maybe forgotten about? Are there academics, feminists and other professionals in this space that you're learning from? Are there podcasts other than this one that you can listen to? Uh, Is there one-on-one or some group body image support that you can access Enjoy these five reflections and be gentle with yourself through the exploration. If you would like a review of them, if you've forgotten you were driving, you'll find them on my website, which is www.nadiafelsch.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for joining me and I'm going to see you next time. If you'd like to get in touch with me, learn about my current group program offerings and client availability, the best way to do that is via my website www.nadiafelsch.com. You'll also find my Facebook group, Food and Body Freedom. And on Instagram and TikTok, my handle is at Nadia Fels.